It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. We know that there's a project on your plate right now for this weekend. It's probably the one that your spouse has been nudging you about getting (laughs) done. Just say it. (laughs) We've been there. We've been there. We've done that. And sometimes we occasionally even do projects for our spouses in our house because we get the same kinds of nudging that you do. We're here to help you. We're on your side. So give us a call with that question that's standing between you and marital bliss. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. God, it's beautiful out today in our part of the country. Hope it's nice where you are too. And it reminds me that summer is right around the corner. So this hour we're gonna talk about enjoying the great outdoors in your very own backyard. We've got some project ideas to make your home your escape. You know, things like hanging a hammock, setting up a swing set, or building a deck. All great projects you could tackle this summer to help in, uh, help you enjoy that space that is so close to home that you can do without a vacation. Mm-hmm. And also ahead, you know, while a lot of us love the sunshine, summer is also about finding that perfect shady spot to escape from all of that heat that the sun can beat down on you. That's why later this hour, we're going to dig into the best way and the best place to plant a tree with tips from this old house landscaping expert, Roger Cook, a little later. Plus, a backyard pool makes it seem like you're on vacation all summer long, but safety is super important, especially if you have kids. We're going to talk about the best pool fences and how they can help protect children in just a bit. And by the way, it's not just fences. Most importantly, it's those gates. They need very Mm. special hinges and very special latches to make sure that uh, the little guys uh, can't get in there. Mm-hmm. At least the one they're not supposed to. Exactly. And you know what? It happens so quickly. So you really do need to pay attention when you have a pool in your backyard. Plus, this hour, we're going to have a very cool prize to give away. We're giving away the Stanley 3-in-1 tripod flashlight this hour. And it's a prize worth about 30 bucks, And it would make a perfect gift for Dad on his special day. So if you win it, just hide it away, save it till June, and then it's going to be a great Father's Day gift. So let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 money pit 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Joe in Pennsylvania is dealing with a leaky toilet. Can you tell us about the problem? Sure. Um, I had this recurring pro- uh, problem, actually. Uh, underneath the tank is a valve that is leaking, and I bring a plumber in, he fixes it. A year or so later, the valve starts leaking again, and i got to call the plumber again. I just want to know if there's any way I can permanently fix this. You're talking about the shutoff valve? Yes, the shutoff valve, exactly. Hmm. And it leaks every year, and they keep replacing it. Well, that's uh, it's not replaced. He comes in, tightens some things up. That's kind of dumb, because there's a valve seat there that's obviously loose, 
he tightens that up, and then, you, you know, just through normal expansion and contraction over the course of the year, uh, it, it replaces. This is a plumber who's just trying to guarantee himself some income. You just want to replace the valve. It's a very inexpensive thing to do. It's a very easy thing to do. And if you replace the valve, because this one's obviously worn out, that problem's going to go away. Oh, all right. So I can just tell him to replace the valve or yeah. a plumber to replace well, the valve. Well, fire that plumber, okay? Yeah. Don't reward him with any more work. Okay. Give him enough money. Yeah, go get another right. plumber and have him replace the valve and be done with this. All right. All right? Sounds great. All Good right. luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight eight eight. Money pick. Can you believe that guy? Well, look, I'm bending down under your toilet and I'm tightening something. That'll Here, be hundred bucks. Give me some money. <laughs> it stopped leaking now because I tightened it. I must have fixed it. <laughs> Done. That's right. Levon in Kansas needs some help with a flooring project. Tell us what you're working on. Well, I have a old farm home. It was built in 1942, wow. and the wood is black walnut flooring. So over the years, it's you know starting to show some real wear, and I don't know how to, what do I need to do to get it back looking great? Well, that's, that's a beautiful flooring. Um, well, it depends on how much wear you're seeing. I mean, obviously, you have to sand it. The degree of sanding is what you have to decide. Now, you can sand it right down to raw wood with a floor sander, which is like a big belt sander, but we don't recommend that you do that yourself because the equipment, even if you rent it, is a bit hard to handle. If it just needs a light sanding, you can use a, a machine called a USAN machine. I think their website is usand.com, like the letter U dash sand.com. And it's a four head rotating disc sander that's designed for floors. A lot easier for an amateur to handle because it's very hard to do any damage with it and has a vacuum built in, so it sort of sucks the dust off. But one way or the other, you got to sand the floor down, and then you have to apply a couple of coats of polyurethane. I would use oil based polyurethane. And that's all there is to it. All right. What kind of, do I need to put anything on top of that as maintenance or just? Nope. Nope. Once you put okay. it, put down a couple of coats of polyurethane, you'll be good to go. All right. Sounds good. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks, Thanks so much help. for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You're very welcome. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to hear what you're working on. It is a few short weeks to Memorial Day. So is your yard in tip-top shape? Well, if it isn't, we can give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, it's time to head outside. Are you thinking about a deck a fence, a swing set, a project for your backyard. We've got some tips to make those backyard projects and lots more quick and easy. You're in a money pit. Money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatru Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can be part of the Money Pit by giving us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Because this hour, we're giving away a great prize. We've got the three-in-one LED tripod flashlight from Stanley. And it's got a really cool hands-free tripod design. And it's actually three flashlights in one. So you can use it as one super mega powerful light or three individual flashlights. So it's really great. You can use it however it works for you. You can get in tight spots. You don't need an extra person to hold the flashlight for you. It's worth about 30 bucks, but you can win yours for free if we pick your name at random from all of the callers who get on the air this hour. Just pick up the phone and call 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. And by the way, Leslie, this would be a great gift for dad for Father's Day. So Hmm. you can pass that hint on to... (laughs) To my kitties. You know, I love those homemade pencil cups I've been getting for years, but a Stanley 301 flashlight would be a better gift than something that I could uh-huh. really use around the house. Well, not plus, that I, what do you have, not that I don't enjoy the pencil right cups now? and <laughs> only got so many desks. <laughs> well, for more great gift ideas, you can visit moneypit.com and check out our Father's Day gift guide. A dozen dandy gifts for handy dads. All right, Tom. So the kids will get you the flashlight if you give them that brand new playset that I know you've been promising them for years. They're always asking. You say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now if they give you that flashlight, you got to promise. It's a trade. Yeah, that's how it's going to work. All right. But seriously, I know we're joking, but a backyard playset, if you've got kids, you know you're always going back and forth to the park and everybody wants to stay for hours. So if you've actually got a playset in your backyard, it's going to give your kids just a place to chill out for years to come right in your own backyard. But you want to make sure that it's sturdy and well installed. Safety is key because otherwise, as kids really get going, you're going to find that swing set will develop a mind of its own and then start jumping up and down and moving all over your yard. Now, a great product to help you lock things down is Quickcrete Fast Setting Concrete because there's no mixing involved. All you need to do is dig your post hole or dig whatever hole that you're going to support something in. And then you pour right from the bag into that hole, add the water, and it sets. And it is the perfect product for setting fence posts, swing sets, deck posts, lamp posts, posts for a hammock, mailboxes, you name it, it could not get easier. You know, it's a good product. It's a special blend of concrete, sand, and gravel, and it sets in about 20 to 40 minutes. We actually used uh, this product uh, when my son built his Eagle Scout project, which oh, was a the bridge. bridge. Yes, the bridge over... Uh, over a stream the in our Kwai. local, yeah, the bridge over the river park. <laughs> now, it was a bridge over a stream in our town park, and uh, you know we wanted to get going on it right away, so we were able to dig the holes, uh, pour this, and have it set, and mm-hmm. get back to the construction pretty much immediately thereafter. I mean, it really set up nicely it after does. lunch. We were able to get you know get right to it because it was a really strong setting concrete. You can find it in the red bag. That's the key because there are a lot of different products out there. Quickcrete fast setting concrete is the one in the red bag. And if you want more tips on easy outdoor projects, you can go to their website at quickcrete.com or pick up the phone and give us a call right now. Tell us about your project because we are here to help you get the job done. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. All right. We've got Roger in Texas joining us with a roofing question. What can we do for you? Hey, love your show. Thanks, um, Roger. I have a house that's built about 1975. It has a composition roof on it, three-in-ones. Mm-hmm. have about yep. a 312 pitch. I want to put a metal uh, roof on it. Do I have to strip that down, the old roof, to, uh, before I put the new one on? You don't have to, but it certainly would be a better way to do the job. I really don't like to trap old roofing material under new roofing material if I can help it. And so I would suggest that you take it off. Um, the metal roofing that you're going to put on, are you doing that this year? 
Probably, yes. Because if you do do it this year, I want you to be aware that you could qualify for a tax incentive. There's a tax credit that's available through the end of the year. And because the metal roofing has a low E paint, it actually will help cut your energy bill there in Texas by reflecting some of that sunlight and that UV back out so it'll lower your cooling costs. Hey, praise the Lord. Because of the, <laughs> uh, because of the energy efficiency. And you don't, usually, you don't usually think of a roof as being energy efficient, but when it comes to metal roofing, it can be because of the coatings. Ah, okay. All right. Is, is, there, is there a preferred color? A best color, a best. Deed. No, I don't think so. No. I don't no? think so. Okay. I think I, I think that the the low E paint works. It's the with type it. of paint that they use. Regardless yeah, a wide of the variety color. of colors. Okay. Well, hey, thanks a lot. It helps a lot. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Kathy in Illinois is dealing with the mold situation in the basement. Tell us about the problem. Hi, my daughter and my son-in-law purchased a home about three years ago. And the first year, they didn't notice any smell of mold in the summertime. And then they painted the walls and put carpet on the floor. And now the last two summers, they've noticed the mold smell, but there is no mold. Mm-hmm. And well, I was wondering... There probably is mold, Kathy. It's just in a place where, where your kids can't see it. It's probably living in that carpeting. Because when you're dealing with the basement situation, and they probably put the carpet directly on top of the concrete slab, you know, didn't sort of lift the floor slightly to create some air underneath to circulate out that moisture, what you're doing is you're putting an organic substance, the carpeting, the carpet padding, right on the concrete. Now, when it rains outside, you know, the ground gets super wet, and then the concrete floor is like a sponge it just sucks everything from the earth around the house up through the floor and now into this carpet, which is why they're getting the mold smell. So they can't see it, but I guarantee you it's in there. Okay. What kind? Do the kids have um, like a forest air system in the house? Um, yeah, they do. They do. And are there ducting in the basement area? The ducting is, but there's no nothing for like the cooling of the heat, nothing down there. So, yeah. So there's no registers because had there been registers or I mean, maybe it's worth adding something to the basement for the benefit of it, because you can get a whole home dehumidifier, which gets built into the HVAC system. And then it can focus on that basement, you know, 24 hours a day until it regulates the situation and then only kick on when it needs for that area. But it can remove, you know, up to 90 pints of water a day and you never have to empty a bucket. But I mean, since... Since they don't have ducting down there or registers, I should say, I, I think the best bet is to get portable dehumidifiers, get a condensation pump. Conde- condensation pump? Is that what yes. you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you don't want to have to deal with a bucket because you'll forget. And then all of a sudden, you know, you'll go on vacation, it'll get full, and then you'll forget about it for a week, and then you're dealing with that same moisture situation. So if you get a condensation pump, it'll lift out that water, you know, out a window, into a sink, somewhere where it's constantly emptying that dehumidifier. And once they get a handle on that, you know, if they look outside and, you know, deal with where this moisture might be coming in, gutters, downspouts, the grating around the house, that'll really cut back on the amount of moisture that's getting in and reduce that mold and mildew. Right. So the condensation pump connects to the humidifier. Do you humidifier then? Yeah, it sits next to it. And it's Is it a condensation very... or a condensate? Condensate. I condensate. condensate. I know I always confuse them. Yeah. Sorry. Condensate pump. But it's a small box. It's maybe about 6 by 12 or something like that. It's float activated, so as it fills up, it pumps on, and it lifts the water out and drops it outside. I have one in my basement, and it works great. Okay. Okay, thanks for your help, guys. 
You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. And ask our two cents next before you want to put basement mm. carpet down, will you? It's not not a good idea. Valerie in North Carolina's got a kitchen project. What's going on, and how can we help? Yes, I replaced the kitchen cabinets in my kitchen. It's been over ten years ago, and I had a freezer in the kitchen, but I've gotten rid of that since then. And now I'm trying to fill that space in with a cabinet that will look okay, and I'm having a hard time matching what I have here. Well, have you thought about not exactly matching and choosing something that's in the same finish but complements it, say, with like a glass front door or something a little bit different that makes it its own special piece? Well, I thought about that. The person that I talked to about the the glass front said the inside would still have to match, and because the color has changed, I'd have a hard time doing that also. What color are your existing cabinets? Um, it's an it's a oak just like a golden oak color. Is it something where if you got an unfinished cabinet, you'd be able to purchase a stain and stain it on your own to match? I guess that's a possibility. I hadn't really thought that way. That's probably the best way to go because this way you'd have control of it. If you got the unfinished oak cabinet, what I would also do is go out and buy a couple of pieces of oak scrap, and then you could, uh-huh. exper- you could, you could experiment with some different stains. Get one that's maybe a little lighter than what you have, one that's a little darker, and come up with one that matches as close to that cabinet as you possibly can get it. If you use an unfinished cabinet, then you have total control over the coloration. I think that's probably the best way to get something that's really close to what you have. And then even if you put it in and it still looks a little bit different, as the sunlight gets to it over the years, you'll find that it gets warmer and warmer, and eventually it's probably going to match perfectly with what you have. Okay, well, that's a good. I hadn't thought of doing that myself. Yeah, in this situation, I think that makes the most sense. Can I ask another question that's related to that? I've got, since that freezer left, I had laminate floors put in. Right. And somebody told me that I was going to have trouble putting something down on top of the laminate if I put a cabinet there. Why would you have trouble putting it on top of the laminate? They said something about it It kind of floats. The floor should float. This cabinet's going to go on top of the existing laminate floor? That's right. I don't see any reason you can't do that, except you're going you're to find that the laminate floor went um, up to a, like against the original cabinets, that you may find that the new cabinet is taller when you put it side by side. Okay. And if that's the situation, you have two options. You can either cut out the laminate and sort of drop the new one in. So that it's at the same height as the others. Or okay. you can cut the, cut the new base cabinet. Cut a oh, half okay. inch off it or so and make it a bit shorter so that it fits right over that floor. Huh. Okay, well, that's a good idea then. I hadn't, I wasn't, I've come across all kinds of problems and I didn't realize it was going to be so difficult just to put one cabinet in there. Well, we are your problem solvers, Valerie, so thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. <laughs> well, thank you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, they give great shade, provide protection, and make plenty of fresh air, and they can cut up to $250 off your energy bill. Up next, we're going to chat with Roger Cook from This Old House with tips to help you plant the perfect shade tree for your yard. So stick around. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling Money 
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT with your home improvement question. Your do-it-yourself dilemma because we are here to help you get those jobs done. Hey, are you feeling a little green guilt from all that bottled water you've been consuming while you do those home improvement projects, then promptly tossing the bottles away and on their way into the landfills? Well, if you visit MoneyPit.com, you can get the latest information from Consumer Reports. They've got ratings on water filters. Really fascinating story. Uh, They talk about how filters can actually be less expensive than buying bottled water and which filters work best and which ones to totally stay away from. I mean, with some of these filters, the cost of the water is probably more than the cost of a gallon of gas. It's so crazy. You can visit moneypit.com and check out all that information right there. Bob in Missouri is calling with a heating and tax question because they do go hand in hand this year. What can we do for you? Tom and Leslie, thanks for taking my call. My granddaughter is in the process of putting her home, a small home, on the market, and in the process of doing so, she replaced a floor furnace with a more efficient unit. Okay. The question, does that qualify for a tax credit, and if so, how does she apply for that? Uh, it depends. I mean, it has to be a very, very efficient furnace. I don't know how efficient that floor furnace is, and you know, typically floor furnaces, frankly, aren't that efficient. But the requirement is that it has an annual fuel utilization efficiency of 90 or greater, abbreviated F-A-F-U-E. And if the furnace has that level of efficiency, uh, I'm sorry, it's 95 or, or greater for gas or propane. It's 90 or greater for oil. Uh, but if it has that level of efficiency, it would, in fact, qualify for the tax credit. And if that's the case, uh, there is a form that's called uh, tax form 5695 that you return with your tax return uh, and you can actually earn up to 30 percent of the cost including installation and labor up to fifteen hundred dollars as a tax credit i see so she needs to check the efficiency if it's uh an afue of 95 or better she's good to go where would i find that information uh good source is the energy star website okay energystar.gov Okay, I'll try it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. And one final point on that: uh, just because a product is Energy Star uh, certified doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it will qualify for the tax credit. So you have to really look into the requirements for each individual type of product. And as I said, with furnaces, um, it needs a uh, efficiency of ninety five or greater. Well, trees provide shade, natural protection for your home, and a place for your kids to play and plenty of oxygen for the earth. So if you're thinking about planting trees on your property, you are on the right track. Just make sure you choose the right spot and plant thoughtfully. We get expert advice right now from this old house host Kevin O'Connor and landscaping expert Roger Cook. And guys, it's a fairly big project, but it can absolutely cut your energy bills. Yeah, that's right. Planting a tree takes a lot of energy, but doing so can actually save you some energy when it comes time to heating or cooling your house. Kevin, this is a tip we learned from the farmers from hundreds of years ago. If you look at an old farm, there's always evergreens planted on the north side to block that cold winter wind and even the snow from getting to your house. So you like evergreens on the north side. That's right, but on the south and east side, I like deciduous trees. In the wintertime, there won't be any leaves. They'll allow the warming rays of the sun to get to the house. But in the summertime, it's full of leaves. It'll block that sun and actually help cool the house. Sounds like a good idea, but 
does it really save money on your energy bills? The U.S. Department of Energy estimates that just three trees properly placed around a house can save 100 to $250 annually in cooling and heating costs. Even if you can't shade your entire house, just shading the AC unit can save you as much as 10% off your energy bill. Good tip. And we've actually got a lot more energy efficiency tips and step-by-step videos on thisoldhouse.com. And don't forget that adding those trees can really beef up your curb appeal. It can, if they're properly placed. A beautiful house that saves you money. Thanks to you guys. We know just how to do that. Kevin O'Connor, Roger Cook from This Old House. Thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Great to be here. And you know what? This is really a great idea because you're making your property look beautiful. And then the best part about it all is that you can save a good amount of money. And there's lots of ways, if you're creative, to save money. Absolutely. And today's edition of This Old House is brought to you by Cub Cadet. Cub Cadet, you can't get any better. Up next, we're going to stay outside with tips to help protect kids from the dangers of drowning in a backyard pool. It is the number one cause of death for small children, but the solution is a properly designed fence. It's easy to accomplish. We're going to teach you more after this. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. Visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit generac.com. Your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you should give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT because this hour we're giving away the 3-in-1 LED tripod flashlight from Stanley. And it's got a hands-free tripod design, which is great because if you're working in a tight spot, you can just set up the flashlight. No one has to be there to give you an extra hand. It's perfect for the handyman who has a project to do on his own, even the handy woman. And you know what else is cool about this is it's actually three flashlights sort of bundled into one so you can have like a super light or three little lights so it's a great prize it's worth 30 bucks but it could be yours for free if we pick your name at random from all of the callers this hour so give us a call for your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT 888-666-3974 let's take a minute now and talk about pools and especially pool fencing this is the time of year when folks are getting ready to go outside and uh, get their pools ready for the season and we would certainly hope that you have a pool fence around your pool to protect it uh, from kids because kids will wander in the backyard. They can get themselves into trouble. But you get, but you need to make sure that the pool fence is properly designed. First, the fence height needs to be at least 48 inches. And the spacing between the chain links, well, that's actually one and a quarter inches. And that's important to note because a standard chain link fence, it has a two-inch gap between the links but a pool fence has a one and a quarter inch gap. Now, why is that important? Well, because if it's got a very small square of the chain link, it becomes non-climbable. Kids can't get a toehold in it. And that's really, really critical. So the fence must be a non-climbable fence. Now, if you have a metal fence, that also needs to be non-climbable. Typically, that means that you will not have... Uh, any of the horizontal supports positioned in such a way where kids could you know, work their way up and over that. But it's important if you work with a pool contractor, they're familiar with pool fencing, and so are the fence contractors. Just make sure that whatever kind of fence you put in is a non-climbable fence. Uh, the next thing to be sure is to make sure that all of the fences have self 
closing hinges to prevent the gates from being accidentally left open. And also very important that they have latches. And with pool latches, you want the position of that latch, the actual part of the latch that you have to actuate to like open or close. Up. Pretty high up. That's right. You want that at least 48 inches tall as well. Sometimes you'll have latches that have to be triggered by a little post that sticks up off the top mm-hmm. of the gate. Yeah. And that's why. It's like a plunger at our family summer. Yeah. Home. Actually, I think it's 54 inches for the latch, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's th- pretty those high. are all real important numbers to remember. Make sure the latch is high. Make sure the gates have self closing hinges and make sure that the fence type itself is non climbable because, as you said before, Leslie, it can happen very, very quickly. You know, whenever you read about these tragedies, there's the people are standing a, right there. Yeah, there's an adult that says, well, I just looked away for two seconds, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. But, I mean, frankly, two seconds is too late. You really need to stay on top of this. And if you can't be there on duty 24-7, uh, you need to make sure that you've got some help via layers of protection. And one of the most important layers of protection with a pool is a pool fence. So good thing to think about before the summer comes a-knocking. 888-666-3974. Why don't you pick up that phone and give us a call right now with your home improvement project. We're here to help. Audra in New York has a question about a koi pond. Tell us what's going on. Hi, um, I have a 2,000-gallon koi pond with a small filter on it. have some fish in there, but I'm really having a hard time keeping the algae down. So I want mm-hmm. to know how to treat it without killing my fish. <laughs> Which is always a good good question. So hard to explain that to the kids. Um, <laughs> I think what's important here is you may have even answered this yourself when you said you have a 2,000-gallon koi pond and a small filter. Now, the reason why you keep getting algae forming in the koi pond is algae forms when the nutrient levels get too high in your koi pond causing the algae to bloom and the nutrients come from two places one being the koi food and then the second of course being the koi waste themselves you know they have to go to the bathroom and they have to eat so what happens is the filter acts as the remover of the koi waste and then the food residue from the water to keep those nutrient levels sort of normal or low. Now, when the filter's not doing its job properly, you're going to get a higher level of the nutrients and then you're going to see the algae blooming. So what you need to do is you need to make sure that you have an appropriately sized filter for the pond size, which might not be the right thing. And if you're in the market for a new filter anyway, if you find out that it's not properly sized for the amount of fish, for the amount of water, whatever it might be, you want to make sure that, you know, you've got a mechanical filter, which is going to remove the waste and the debris and then get it sort of trapped in the fiber. Then you want to make sure that the filter itself has an area that, you know, can can manage chemical filtration so that you can add something to the filter that will help to adjust the levels in the pond. And then some filters are even available with a UV light, which is great because what that'll do is that'll kill any sort of floating algae or bacteria before it even enters the main filter. So all of these three parts sort of work together to help you create a clear environment because a koi pond, I mean, they're gorgeous and they're supposed to really reflect all the hard work that you put into it and if you can't sort of manage the levels it's just going to look not so great i appreciate your um, your help oh it's our pleasure thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit james in texas is calling in with a roofing question what can we do for you hello i've got two houses i'm planning on putting or thinking about putting a new roof on the first house is a 600 square foot with a gable roof and has no vent in the overhang but on the north and the south side, there are um, louvered vents that measures 12 by 18 inches. 
was wanting to know, is this sufficient uh, for ventilation in the attic? Okay, James, you say that you have soffits, you have overhang, but there's no vents in them? Right. Okay, the best type of ventilation system, James, is one where you have continuous soffit vents and a continuous ridge vent. The vents on the gable are not that efficient, although... You know, certainly roofs were vented that way for many, many years. But we know now that the best ventilation system is when you have vents in the soffit and vents in the ridge. And here's why. Because as air blows over that roof, it tends to depressurize the ridge vent that draws out the hot air in the summer, the moist air in the winter. And uh, the air, the wind also blows against the soffits and pushes it in. So basically you have a positive pressure at the soffit that pushes air under the roof sheathing, goes up under the sheathing and exits at the ridge. So basically it's a 24-7 system that does a really good job of efficiently uh, taking the heat and the moisture out of your attic. Gable vents by themselves, not so much. Okay, uh, I got another house that is a thousand square foot with a hip roof and has a, oh, I guess about a 10 foot ridge vent Mm -hmm. with vents in the overhang. And there's also a motorized power vent uh, you know, power vents don't have a tendency to last very long. No, they don't. And what happens, especially if that, uh, if that uh, attic fan is what I think you're talking about, if that is near the ridge vent, what's going to happen is it'll actually depressurize the ridge vent so it'll suck in outside air, take it through the attic, and push it right back out again. It's kind of like a dog chasing its tail. Oh, okay, then. All right, James, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, with the warm weather wakes up lots of creatures that sometimes we love and sometimes not so much, like (laughs) woodpeckers. So we're going to answer some questions on how to repair woodpecker damage and perhaps deter those little creatures from knock, knock, knocking on your house, especially at like six in the morning when Mm -hmm. you're trying to get some sleep. And I think you mean knock, 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 knocking. (laughs) Exactly. They never knock three times. No. (laughs) That's coming up after this. Money Pit. Money Pit. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love if you would follow us on Facebook. Just text FAN THE MONEY PIT to FBOOK at 32665 from your cell phone and you will be instantly added as a fan. You can stay on top of the home improvement stories that we find all week long. You may find some humorous ones. You may find some helpful ones. You'll definitely have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And while you're snooping around the website, you can email us your question by clicking on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon, and we will answer it like we do right now. I've got one from Joanne who writes, how do I repair holes made in my house by woodpeckers? Some are six inches or wider. Man, that's huge. Wow. We do try to eradicate them, but others return. I wonder if she's talking about the birds or the holes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, the woodpeckers will uh, drill for two reasons. First of all, they're staking out their territory by making a big racket. Secondly, they're looking for food. And they can be tough to get rid of. In terms of eradication, a little trick of the trade that works very well is uh, aluminum pie pans or pie mm-hmm. tins. If you tie those like uh, off to a string and then tie that to the, the wall or the area where the woodpeckers like to hang out, uh, as it blows in the breeze, as it uh, twirls around, it does uh, have a the healthy effect of, of scaring them away without hurting them. And that should deter them and perhaps send them flying off to your neighbor's house where 
You may hear them, but at least they won't be chewing up your house. As far as the damage is concerned, it's a basic wood repair like anything else. If you've got a hole that big, you're going to have to cut out the siding very, very carefully and just replace it. Just make sure you go a bit wider than the hole itself. You probably want to go uh, at least a foot on either side. Uh, patch it in there, reprime that piece, make sure you use some primer, and then paint the entire length of the clabbered, and that should blend in quite nicely. Oh, my goodness. That's a large hole from a woodpecker. It is. All right. It next is. up, we've got one from Bill who writes, what should I stain my new cedar decking with, if anything? Huh. Well, I would recommend you do see, you do stain it, even though the cedar is insect-resistant and it's decay-resistant. It's not sun-resistant. Mm-hmm. and the UV rays of the sun will are the cause, most damaging. Yeah, it does cause a lot of damage. It causes the wood to shrink and crack and check and get real splintery. I think what I would do is within the first six months, I would apply a solid color stain with a UV protector in it. If you want to beef up the stain a bit, you can add a pint of polyurethane to it that gives it a little more sticking power. Uh, and I think if you do that now, before the wood has a chance to get super dirty or mossy or anything like that, It'll last a long time. You'll probably be looking at at least five to ten years of coverage on that. So I Mm -hmm. definitely would stain the deck, even if it's cedar. Mm -hmm. And cedar is gorgeous, so great choice. Yep. All right. Roxanne writes, in my rec room, which is over a crawl space, I have vinyl flooring with Berber carpet glued down over it. I want to put laminate wood flooring down. Now, laminate comes with a padding that goes down first, and the laminate is put on top of that. Can I skip the padding and just lay the laminate flooring down directly on top of the Berber carpet? I'm trying to avoid having to remove the Berber since it's glued down. Hmm. I think that I definitely uh, would try to remove the Berber mm-hmm. if you can. I mean, you probably could go on top of it because most laminates are designed to float on top of an existing Yeah, but floor. I wouldn't want to trap in that like mold and mildew yeah, grower. it's just kind of sloppy, right? So, I mean, you don't have to worry so much about getting the glue off. If you could just rip up the main Berber material, even if you have some glue residue behind, then apply the underlayment that's uh, recommended for the laminate floor and go down on top of that. I think you'll avoid trapping, as, as Leslie, as you say, anything that's in between there. You'll give it a proper solid connection because the Berber could end up being too soft for the laminate and mm-hmm. it could cause, cause the joints to come apart. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Mold and mildew are like the number one allergen causing thing in the land. So if you can get rid of that carpet, avoid all of that potential for a health risk, you're going to have a great floor. It's going to last a long time and it's an easy project, Roxanne. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. That's about all the time we have. But the show does continue online at moneypit.com. And remember, you can always pick up the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and call us with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Live in a body pain.